This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. you and I can grow strong in our faith, the only way that you and I can be mature in our walk with God is when we go through trials and tribulations. The only way, there's no other way. And trust me, I can tell you, I've been there. And only because I believe in Christ and I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not only for my salvation, for everyday life, my health, my finances, my relationships, all my trials and tribulations, I leave it in God's hands and I seek His wisdom. The Christian will very often get his deep roots in faith through trials. It's often what encourages us to cling tighter and grow wiser in the truths of God's Word. Though those seasons of difficulty are unfavorable, it is often those seasons that produce the most beautiful spiritual fruit of all, should we choose to let the Lord have His perfect way in molding us. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will teach that sometimes trouble can produce deep faith. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he continues his study in Romans. We're in Romans chapter 5 this morning. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul gives us the blessings. He gives us the benefits. He gives us the byproducts, the results of being justified by faith. And so we left off with the fourth blessing in the first part of verse 3. It caused us, when we looked at it last week, it caused us to reread this verse over and over again because it really goes against nature. Let's look at it. Verse 3, it says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What kind of blessing is that? How can we glory in tribulation? It goes against our very nature. It doesn't sound like a blessing, but in fact, it seems more like a contradiction of terms. How can we glory in tribulation? Now, the word tribulation here in the Greek is mentioned 45 times in the New Testament. And it's thispasin, which means to be distressed, to be in an oppressed state physically, mentally, socially, and economically. How many of us can relate to that? Every single one of us. If you don't go through that, then you have a problem. But we all go through uh, tribulation. Now, here's something to think about. There are many Christians that tend to believe and falsely that such tribulation and distress that we go through are signs of God's wrath. Nothing could be more further than the truth. We're going to talk a little bit about God's wrath. But, you know, what we're going through right now, actually, Paul tells us that we should glory. And why should we glory? Why should we boast in tribulation? Because it's the only way that we as believers in Christ can build character. It's the only way. The only way you and I can grow strong in our faith, the only way that you and I can be mature in our walk with God is when we go through trials and tribulations. The only way, there's no other way. And trust me, I can tell you, I've been there. And only because I believe in Christ and I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not only for my salvation, for everyday life, my health, 
my finances, my relationships, all my trials and tribulations, I leave it in God's hands and I seek his wisdom. How can we glory in tribulation? Believe it or not, it takes trouble to bring out the best in a believer's life. And that is because for the believer, trials and tribulation works for him or her, not against him or her. It works for us. Because what that does, it brings you to your knees and it brings you in fellowship with God and it calls you to put your faith in God. When you go through your trials and tribulations, they're like mountains, you know, and people will rebuke the mountain or they will, you know, repent, you know, and they will yell at the mountain. You know, it could be that mountain that God placed in front of you. So why? You can't go to the left. You can't go to the right. What's going to cause you to do? Look up. And that's exactly what trials and tribulations do. It causes us to seek after God. It puts us in a place of fellowship with God. It puts us in a place in communion with God. It puts us in a place where we can have devotion. We exhausted all our resources, and now we go to the number one and the best resource is God. We sang that song, Christ, our foundation. And on that solid ground, we stand. And that is why we should glory in tribulation. Now, the word glory in the Greek is the same Greek word we saw in verse 2 with rejoice. Glory and rejoice is the same Greek word, and it means to boast. So we boast in our hope of the glory of God, and we boast in tribulation. Now, here are some verses that will help you to glory or to boast in tribulation. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which we shall be revealed in us. When you look at the end result, when you look at the promise and the hope that we have in Christ, the very end, whatever you're going through right now will pass. And not because of time, but because Christ is going to come. He's going to do away with time, and we're going to be with him in glory forever. This is one that should be on your refrigerator. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I love this one. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Not for everyone. For those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. All things, all your trials and tribulations work together for good for those who love God. All things, everything. Now, All things, here are just a few of those things that Paul is talking about that will work together for his good. For one thing, we know that we have help when we go through these trials and tribulations. It brings us to our knees. It puts us before God, and we're having a relationship with God. We're speaking with the Lord. We're having a relationship, and this is what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you would have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Here's another one of those things, the all things that Paul says in Romans chapter 8. Here's a part of it. Because of these things, when we go through trials and tribulation, it makes us stronger in our walk. It makes us stronger in our faith. Your faith is being built trial after trial because you've been there, you've done that. We become more mature Christians So when we look at trials and tribulations, look at it as an opportunity for you to grow in the Lord. Because you know for sure that once that trial, you go over those tribulations, you know for sure another one's down the road. We go through trials and tribulations every day, through all seasons, 
throughout our life. When will it end? Will it ever end? You know it's not going to end. But somehow we just focus on the now. We focus on the one tribulation, not knowing that, hey, this can make me or break me. And you want it to make you, not to break you. We are afraid of trials and tribulations. We are afraid of spiritual warfare. We have no experience. We don't know how to win battles because we never fought any battles. How would you know if you're going to win? How would you know if you're going to go over these trials and tribulations if you yourself are not bringing it before the Lord with the Lord? And so now we continue on the second half of verse 3. And so more of these things, we're going to see that these trials brings us. We glory in tribulation because it produces a few things within us. And this is where we left off last week. This is why you and I need to glory and boast in our tribulation. It says, verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. That's what it does. It draws us closer to the Lord, and it produces perseverance, and that means to have a steadfast endurance, to continue on. For example, you're going through your trials and tribulation. You tried everything in your strength. You gave it all you got, and now you realize that there's only one who can help you through your trials and tribulation. It is the Lord. And so you run to the Lord in prayer and in your knees. And there in that place, and there in that place is where you wait upon the Lord. Trials and tribulations will cause us to seek God. And now there's perseverance. You're growing spiritually, and there's perseverance, and that's what it produces when things are good, we don't think about God, do we? You know, that's not a real relationship with God. That's when we need to do a self-examination to find out whether or not we're true Christians. Not Christians by name or because your parents or your great-great-grandparents have been Christians. But I'm talking about a practicing Christian. That's how you know you mature. Is when you're always seeking the Lord when things are good. But oftentimes, we don't run to God as quickly as when we have trials and tribulation. We fall on our knees. We have rug burns because we just ran, slide, smoke is coming. Lord, I need you. We don't run as quick. But now, because of this, it brings us there. And there's perseverance. We grow. The Greek word for perseverance is hupomone. And that is the power to withstand hardship and stress. So we need a little bit hupomone. Hupomone. You need to be strong in the Lord. And so we glory in tribulation because it produces perseverance. Now through perseverance, we read on in verse 4, it says, and perseverance, the next thing is character. Character or experience. You've heard this saying before. If not, you probably heard me saying it because it's one of my favorite sayings. Experience is the best teacher. Is it not? I've, you know, moved into the new house, doing little things here and there. And I thought, you know, I could figure out little things about electrical, right? I mean, I do know things about electrical. I do. I do. You know what happened, right? I look like Don King. My hair was like this. <laughs> you know, I tried to change this outlet, you know, and it boomed. Oh, man. It's because I was lazy, <laughs> you know? I was lazy to go to the panel and just shut off that line. Uh, so now I do that, <laughs> regardless of how long it takes. Experience is the best teacher. Wisdom, character. Now I know. That's my character is to do things right. And so the next time we glory in tribulation, we say to ourselves, we say, self, you've been there before, and God's been faithful. He's, came, he's come through. 
You develop character through perseverance just by glory and tribulation. Verse 4, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope. One good quality builds upon the other. It just builds upon. And this is the process. This is the place that we need to be. This is why Christians fall. Because we don't have principles. We don't understand doctrine. We don't understand how things work. When we go through tribulation, we run. Why me? God, why me? You ever heard that? Why me? And God is like saying, why not you? I mean, am I not your God? <laughs> you know, there are people that are going through a lot of trials and tribulations. And, you know, I always have a great time, a great feeling, a great opportunity to speak to mature Christian people that I know have been a blessing in my life. And some of them, you know, they go through trials and tribulations too. You know, and, and I, I always say it up because somebody once said it to me. It says it's a good thing you're strong in your relationship with God, better you than someone else who's not. And we need to get to that place. We need to grow in our faith. We need to grow in the Lord. And so we have this hope. One quality builds upon another. The trials and tribulations that come in our lives promoting us a good, solid, healthy, spiritual growth. Never look at it as a way of, oh, this is it. This is the end. When you know you have a whole life ahead of you, it is going to be more trials and tribulations. Are you going to dodge each one? Are you going to let it grow in you? This is why James, the brother of Jesus, writes this in James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. This is another one that should be in your refrigerator. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Here's a, I said, really? You know, it's against our nature. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I love those verses. Lacking in nothing. Do you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, want to be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing? I'm not saying perfect in you being a perfect person. There's only one, Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about being in that place where you're at peace with God, where you are growing in your faith, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I want to be there. And I continue to try to work in being there. And if you want to be in that place when trials and tribulations come, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't do things your way because you've been there and done that. You, you probably make it worse. Don't go it alone. And, and more importantly, don't blame God. The world, I, I, I see it in the world. They don't believe in God. There's a lot of atheists. When bad things happen, they blame God. I said, wait a minute. Do you know God? Why are you blaming him? Why has it got to be him all the time? If, you know, if somebody ever blamed you for something... I was the youngest, well, for a season in my family, and I was always blamed for it. All right, I did it, but I was blamed for it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, can you imagine people blaming God for everything? We're not understanding who God is. When God has his best interest for you, and when God looks out for you, perseverance, character, and character hope. And here it is, verse 5. Now, hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. In other words, this hope that we have in Christ will not put us to shame. This hope that we have in Christ will not put us to shame. And that is because it is not like the hope that the world has. 
the hope that the world has, their hope is a hope that's an empty hope. They desire for something to come true. Our hope is deep-rooted faith, knowing that it will come true. It will come true. That's the difference between our hope and the hope of the world. What is their hope in? What is your hope in? Oh, I hope, you know, I do well. I live longer and, you know, my portfolio and my stocks and the market is going well. My 401k plan. No, my hope is not in those material things. My hope is in Christ. And what's the end result? Because our hope is in Christ, we will be with him. We will be with him forever. So that's the difference with your hope. The hope, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God. And here's the blessing, this blessing number five. This is the benefit of being justified by faith, by putting your trust in Christ. He says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We get to enjoy the love of God. I don't know if you ever thought of that. As believers in Christ, you get to enjoy and appreciate the love of God. If only the world knew, if only the world knew how much God loves them. I didn't understand that love until the cross until I fully understood what the cross was all about. That conviction by the Holy Spirit pouring in my heart that led me to the cross and said, this Jesus, the Son of God, came here to die for me. That's how much he loves me. And once I have began that relationship with him through the Holy Spirit, and that's blessing number six, the blessing that gives, that gives us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that works in us, the Holy Spirit is not in everyone because there are people who reject God. If you reject God, how would you understand God? How would you have a relationship with God? When one accepts Christ as Lord and personal Savior, we've been justified by faith, all these blessings. We understand the joy of God. We enjoy the, the, the love of God. We appreciate the love of God. We're so grateful for his unconditional agape love. Unconditional. Not because I'm so, you know, cute, but because he loves me. And we have the Holy Spirit. And that is the inner experience of this love through the Holy Spirit that sustains us and gives us character as we go through our tribulations. Incredible blessings. Verse 6, he says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. When we were still without strength, when we were at war against God before the cross, before we accept him as Lord, a person, and Savior, before we came to the cross, we were without strength. In other words, we were weak. We were ungodly, unrighteous sinners. And it says, in due time, Christ died for us. In due time, Christ died for us. Now, here's the thing. Jesus did not die for good people. Jesus didn't die for good people. Oh, there's a lot of nice people down there. I'm going to go die for them. No, Christ came to die for bad people, and that's all of us because everyone is bad. All have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. There's no righteous, no, not one. We've been into God's courtroom. You know that. You've been there. Paul proved it. The pagan Gentiles, they are without excuse. 
the Jews who had the law, the moralists, the people who are morally right, I'm good, I'm a good person because I do things that are good. They all sin, all sin, all fall short of the glory of God. You and I were without strength. And here, when it speaks here, without strength is a spiritual condition. It is a spiritual condition. God is spirit. God is not flesh. We can't approach God in the flesh. We can only approach God and be right with God in the spirit. So what he's saying, we were without strength. That is a spiritual condition. And interestingly, when I looked at this in the Greek, it's one word, not two words. Without strength is one word. In the Greek, it's astenon. Astenon. It's a medical term. Without strength is one word in Greek, and it means to be sick unto death. Sick unto death. So we were spiritually sick unto death. Physically, you may be okay. Physically, uh, you may have that monthly membership to Planet Fitness. That is not going to help you. Because the Bible talks about, yeah, we put all that you know, money and we put our whole life into working the body, but it's only profits a little. But we were spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. It's a medical term. And how true that is. Because what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, you know this, for the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin, sin will lead us to death. And so before the cross, we were without strength. We had a spiritual condition of being sick unto death. But in due time, I love those, that, those three words, in due time, the right time. Christ died for us. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of that time had come, God sent forth his son. He sent forth his son, Jesus Christ. His timing was perfect. You see, God is not subject to time, but he created time. He's never a moment too soon, not a moment too late. Not a minute too soon, a moment too late. He's always on time. God knew when to send his son, Jesus Christ. It was planned from Genesis, the first messianic prophecy. In Genesis chapter 3, when the Lord cursed the serpent, he said, I'll put enmity between your seed and her seed. Her, women, do not have seeds. The her there is Israel. I'll put enmity between you, Satan, and the her seed will bring forth the Messiah, the children of Israel. And that already took place. Verse 7, it says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. So we're talking about who would die for who? Who would we die for? In other words, no one would be willing to die for a nice person. Who's willing to die for a nice person? Let's say someone you don't even know. Are you willing to do that? Now, there are some, very, very few, who are willing to die for someone they love, like a family member. But who would die? I'm Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
This incredible truth applies to us even today. We didn't do anything to warrant God's acceptance and love of us. He saw us while we were still sinners and loved us despite that. Would you like to know more about what that means for you? Please give us a call at 570-296-7367. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church family you can be a part of. The believers you'll encounter there will help you grow in your faith and offer you support in every situation. If you are in the New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania area, We'd love to have you come join us here in person at Calvary Chapel of Milford. For service times and more information, visit runningtheraceradio.com. If you'd like to listen to more messages from Running the Race, Tracy has more information on how. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for the continuing verse-by-verse study of Romans with Pastor Eddie Pinero right here on Running the Race. 